Hello and welcome to the Road Trip Sports Podcast. My name is Harrison Crook and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Oliver Gilmore. Ollie, how you doing? Doing well, H. Um, have you ever wanted to be a commissioner? Because I can tell you what I have. I've always wanted to work on an AFL, an NFL, an NBA, just a sports, work in sports management, um, have some ability to change the sports landscape with some rule changes, some management changes. So we thought, you know what, let's have a bit of a hypothetical, uh, let's adopt some hypothetical thinking today and uh, let's go through a few really fun segments. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things that it's probably the reason why we're doing this podcast as it is, isn't it? It's it's us wanting to be a part of the sports landscape, wanting to have our say and have our thoughts. And yeah, this episode is going to be a great chance for us to show what we change and uh, have some fun along the way. Now, if you enjoy the podcast, if you like what you hear, make sure you follow us on all of our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Road Trip Sports Pod. You can find us on YouTube. Road Trip Sports Podcast is what you need to search. Any inquiries you may have, if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, if you'd like to get on the podcast, we've had so much fun with all of our special guests we've had on so far so make sure to get in touch with us road trip sports podcast at gmail.com or you can slide into any of our dms at road trip sports pod once again this episode is sponsored by major sports collectibles that's at major sports collectibles uh now it's major sports collectibles australia they do everything from jerseys to helmets any collectibles you're after they can source for you so make sure you reach out send them a message tell them what's missing from your collection and they are more than willing to help you out that's at major sports collectibles have you seen any uh good tv shows lately mate um quick question for you just in general yeah just in general mainly sports related i'd say okay is sports related it's one everyone who knows sports knows this show but the most recent episode of ted lasso without giving any spoilers incredible uh, there's been some criticism of season three being I'm trying not, to remember what not quite that was. up to level <laughs> um it was the episode all about the homophobia and uh, yeah. um yep, yep. Did, did you see that one yeah yeah, yeah, so the one where the um, the captain ran into the stands to fight a guy who called um, called Leave the F word. Leave it at that. But um, yeah, fair. Well, I, I, I said no spoilers, didn't I? Yeah. Anyway, my so, goodness. So basically, a lot of those sort of TV shows and a lot of the episodes. I don't know if you watched The Last of Us, but that was rated the worst, and the best rated uh, episode was the homophobic and uh, the gay relationship that was in that yeah. and um you always find with tv shows it divides an audience um that sort of stuff but i thought it was a good episode i'm loving it, ted lasso so it was a great way to tackle the issue as well and be open and honest about how people would respond it wasn't it wasn't shows of the past where it it would present in a sort of way it's not like the he's not an over-the-top stereotype um, homosexual man. He's just he's a he's a guy who plays football, and he's got his his own orientations, and that's fine. Yeah, that's it. And I love I love that almost downplayed it, and yeah. it's the perfect way to represent it. Yeah, well, I think we're uh, as we approach the end of Ted Lasso, it's going to be it's going to leave a hole, mate. There's not going to be a lot of shows that are going to come back to replace it. I suppose you probably said that after Squid Games, but then you know we've seen Ted Lasso, we've seen. Uh, Welcome to Wrexham. We've seen a lot of great shows oh, come out. Oh, I'm so keen for uh, season two of Welcome to Wrexham. Following their, um, again, spoilers, but their journey to the uh, to the title, that is absolutely going to be unreal. Unreal to watch. Should be good. What else have I seen? I saw uh, Show Me the Money. Everyone's been telling me to watch that for quite a long time. Um, 
It's on, I believe it was on Stan. It was about the AFL the management. Yeah. Yeah, the agent. So I enjoyed it. I was like, oh, am I due for a career change? <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> just looking, just be able to deal mate, with players. I'm, I'm toey for to get our foot in the door with some sports stuff, hey? Yeah, look, it was. it's very niche. Like, you almost need to come with a player to get into the sports agency realm. Like, you need to come with a player. So, yeah. yeah. Um, interesting to see. But I don't know if that sort of sparked a bit of the interest today. Maybe subconsciously, we sort of began to think about uh, what we would do if we were commissioners of the NFL or the NBA, or we've seen the uh, new appointment of the next AFL CEO. What if we put ourselves in that position, H? Yeah, well, that's what this uh, this episode is all about. It's the things we change in uh, in sports. We've got... And we're gonna we're gonna go controversial. We're not gonna make obvious ones. We're gonna make like hard and fast changes that would shift the landscape severely, but have the potential to uh, to really improve the game. So we're gonna go with first. We're gonna go with some sports rule changes. So these are more of the on-field product itself. So more like how the game is played on the field. So field or court. Um, Let's start with NBA. And Ol, you've got a couple with from the NBA that you'd like to share. Yeah, I think these ones are a bit more obvious because we've seen we've seen it be mentioned a couple of times um, across a number of different sports. But in the NBA, how do we get more points? How do we incentivize some crazy plays? And in this case, it's some deep shots with the four-point line. Ooh. So it's a topic of conversation more recently. Um, we've seen it be implemented how, how in the celebrity game. Like yeah. it's like a, well, that was a ruffles four point shot, probably similar range. Yep. Um, I feel like the NBA players are nearly out to a four point line anyway. Um, there's been talk to expand the width of the of the court um, and adding a four point line. I don't think scoring's becoming much of an issue though. That's one counter I'd give to that is that scoring's not a big issue. In the NBA, we're seeing hot, one of the highest scoring seasons ever. So, is that is that enough to deter a four point line? Well, I think a four point line would actually decrease the scoring because the amount of the percentage you'd have uh, would obviously be lower if they're taking shots from further back. So, it certainly would for the start. It especially, yeah, that's what I mean. And to start that that the scores would go down because they're attempting those um, outside the box shots. So, I don't know if that's a consideration. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I like it. I like it. I think they're due for a change. I think it's good, but it just further strays away from the short game and the uh, and the stuff in the paint, which I don't know if people want it. Like, is it just the best shooters? Could we just have a three-point contest to decide the NBA championship? I don't know. Well, uh, that's, that's the question on everyone's lips. It's the Warriors dynasty with the three-point shot. Um, now, it's it was a bit of a resurgent with... Uh, big guards, you know, big guards that can drive and dish and yeah. shoot the three ball as well. Um, but yeah, as you sort of said, the emergence of the big man, the resurgence of the big man, it's not really anywhere to be seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you got any other ones for the NBA? Well, maybe we bring them back. Maybe we bring the big man back and eliminate the goaltending rule. So the goaltending rule is a thing in the NBA, but it's not a thing in big... Uh, what would you call FIBA? Like his big yeah, organizations, yeah. I would say, like the, on the international scale. Yeah, um, international organizations. Yeah. Goaltending, basketball appearance, 
uh, interference isn't a big one. So that's basically field goal attempt happens, ball touches the rim. So after it's touched any part of the backboard above ring level, um, they've sort of got to wait till it comes down below the cylinder. Yep. So this is just if the ball sort of on top of the rim or bouncing off the rim, but it's still sitting above the rim. It's a, just a quick little tap in and we see that. Um, so it's not completely eliminating basket interference. It's not like you can chuck up a three-point shot and a bloke can jump and basically steal it from the hoop. But it's just tinkering a little bit. I'd be very if they did. That'd be amazing. Yeah, and I think it brings back the big man a bit. You know, whilst they're shooting these four-point shots, it's more susceptible to bounce off the top of the rim and maybe sit above the basket. And that's when you get your big seven-footers to uh, get above and uh, tip it in. So I think it's, it's a cool rule. It's been talked about... Probably the NBA ones we've got here, the rule changes are a little bit safer than one, the ones we've got a little bit later. Um, oh, we've got, boy, do we. Yeah, so <laughs> so I, I like both of them. I wouldn't be mad if both of them were introduced tomorrow. I couldn't see it. I think the goaltending rule, I think what makes it special at a FIBA and Olympics level is the fact that we only see it there, really. Um, and the four-point line, I think it'll come. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, I think um, I think that's a good call there. Um, well, I've got some ones coming up for NFL. Now, first one, I think this is actually the safest of them. No kickoff. Start yeah. the ball. Start the ball at where the touchback would go. Um, and this one's to help with injuries as well. The amount of injuries you see on kickoff. Kickoff is the most dangerous part of the game. Um, if we can eliminate guys getting injured on plays that. Rarely, I mean, these days they've done everything to subdue the kickoff anyway. They've encouraged touchbacks so much that I don't... Like, it's a big deal when someone decides to return it because most of the time it's just a touchback anyway. So I think that let's get rid of the middleman. If you don't want people doing it, let's focus on the real game. Let's focus on the um, the players on the field. If you want to have a onside kick, I think it's the proposal that was talked about where it's like a 4th and 15 play that you get from your own 25 and if you don't convert it the other team gets the ball from that position that you ended uh, I don't know about this one personally just because I feel like the the players that aren't out there for every snap your starters are out there all the time and you get your bench guys that come in for kickoff they show what they can do they show flashes maybe they make a good block maybe they make a huge tackle maybe they make a huge return it's like well how can we get this guy into our starting offense and maybe they didn't get the chance if things weren't like that um i mean certainly from a local and from a junior and uh, amateur level it's always a good uh kickoffs are great to get some players in there that don't get a lot of game time and i That's think true. it's a good introduction you probably see it be removed from the NFL before you'd see it be removed at an amateur level just because of um, those factors I mentioned just then but I, I don't know I think when they've got such large rosters I like to see the rotation of guys and even if they come in for a little bit and I sort of feel like maybe those guys think they're earning their money and it shows sometimes flashes you know you think about some of the be- best uh, returners of all time and those were some special guys and some of those plays it's cool to see a big run break off every now and then but as you sort of mentioned they're not often enough anymore so yeah exactly right you got to tinker nonetheless yeah i think so and the xfl had the good idea of having the um the kickoff with the guys standing five yards apart the kick goes over the head of all of them and then they block from there 
um, yeah. which was sort of a way to reduce the running full sprint contact and make it more like a game situation where they're actually open field blocking. Yeah. Um, next one I've got, three-point conversions. Yeah, we've seen this at the USFL. Yep. Have we seen it at the XFL yet? I believe... Yeah, I'm not too sure. I haven't I watched too much at XFL. Congratulations <laughs> to the uh, I think we Arlington Renegades uh, for winning that one. Um, but... Yeah, no, I, I think I they think, definitely had it, to be honest. But I think it's a good idea. And whether it's five, whether it's ten yards, it's a good idea. It, it'll help teams catch up quicker. I don't think you'll see teams go for three-point conversions if they're up. I think they'll still kick the kick the point after. But those three-point conversions, drawing up an actual play that's not just a goal line play, could be an interesting tactic for some teams. Does it take away from kickers, though? Like... Do we see as many kickers? I don't know. Probably. Every, one still, team's, you still need those three points. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, pretty much every team's got one kicker per roster anyway. It's yeah. not like they have a myriad of kickers, but I don't know. I just don't know if it takes away from them. But I, th- I think the main reason why the, the for the three point is just to make games closer, to make games more competitive. Like I said, you're not going for it if you're ahead, but you're going for it if you're behind. It's a chance to that catch-up mechanic. It's a chance to get back into the game if, if the game's out of reach. One point doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're, if you're a team that's down by 21 points... Instead of having to get three touchdowns, you get two touchdowns with two three-point conversions and a field goal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's more. It's a more manageable comeback. Right. Um, now the next one's a bit of a different one. It's it's eliminate oh the goodness. ineligible Yuck. receiver. Now it's probably not so much like make sure that you know guys can just run down there and block anyone and block the cornerbacks and their wide receiver just comes through like a shepherd like the AFL I think you open up that can of worms but maybe it's just like any players who wear 50 to 79 go out there and catch a ball does that mean you don't need to announce that you're they're an eligible receiver do you know what I mean does that, that mean Lyman can have a really stretched out one on their chest <laughs> well I, maybe it's just eliminate the, the numbers and you can basically <laughs> numbers <laughs> no I mean I mean I mean okay. the cap on numbers. I thought like, you said just eliminate numbers. Let's make them letters. Well, no. What I said before, the fi- the 50 to 79, you're able to move across the line and they can run a play for you. You don't need to announce to everyone that the ball's going to you. Fun. We see more big man catches. Fun fact. So I went to a selective high school. I went to uh, Mary the High School in Newcastle. And, Flex. Uh, <laughs> selective. It, no, it has a point. I had to mention it because it's a nerd school. And you want to know why it's a nerd school? One year they decided we're not going to have numbers on our jerseys. We're going to have letters instead. And then the next year they decided we're not going to just have letters. We're going to have the scientific, uh, like the um, periodic table symbols on there. Yeah, right. So they had like all the periodic tables. Guys were like, oh, I I want gold. I want gold. And I'm I'm just like, what? What are we doing here? This is um, ridiculous. uh, uh, There's B1 and B2. (laughs) There's bloody uh, pies up there next. Oh, mate. Like, drawing symbols on there. Like, oh, mate, like, get a dollar sign on your jersey. Like, yeah, it was just, it was ridiculous. But, um, yeah, so I thought you meant get rid of numbers altogether. And I was like, that's It's probably not so much, like, eliminate ineligible receivers, but more just, like, get some players that can progress down the field imagine like you're on the goal line or you know even like you're on your own goal line and you're the guy's blocking all of a sudden you're throwing like a 20 meter 
what you'd call a Hail Mary for a big boy <laughs> and you put it on his chest and, and no one can expect or imagine the centre like the centre likes the boys centre like, eligible he just, and then it's just a dump off to the centre a I don't full know. flag football style oh, it'd, be pretty, it'd be pretty crazy I'd love it I'd love it it's just a quirky idea one I had as well that you've seen in the um, CFL is forward motions so you can get one player at any time motioning forward which means players can basically have a run up on their route could you imagine drawing up a play where Tyreek Hill comes on a jet sweep behind, like jet sweep motion behind, and then turns and starts accelerating just before the play starts? Is anyone catching him? That's, I don't know. It's probably not. That's insane. <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare to work out, though, isn't it? It would be so incredible. And you'd see these guys at top speed so much earlier. Um, you could have so much fun with that. Imagine if you've gone, like, let's just say you've gone trips left. And there's just one, like there's just one cornerback on one receiver on the other side, or whatever, whatever. <laughs> and you're just like, all right, we're just gonna motion one. Of, we're just gonna motion one of the uh, wide receivers all the way back to the running back, and then he's like a, he's like another running back. The running back moves out <laughs> to the to like the wide receiver spot and becomes another blocker. And then they're like, what is going on? You could, could just imagine so many weird plays. Could you imagine the hit as well if a uh, a receiver is running forward? And making like a crack block on an end or a or a linebacker, it's pretty dangerous. To That's be incredible. <laughs> it's pretty dangerous. The NFL's getting away from dangerous. Stuff, I would so. love that. That's so good. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. That's why I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to the AFL now. Um, I was having a chat with uh, Mason, who has been on the podcast a couple of times. Yep. Um, he mentioned to me we we had a couple of uh, posts on the weekend a couple of balls that hit the post and he i think he just said what if we just eliminated um hitting the post be, being a behind in the afl so if it hits um the goal post and goes through for a goal it's a goal if it hits the goal post and goes through for behind it's a behind if it hits the um the end post and goes through for behind whatever whatever if it goes out of bounds it's a throw in well that's a question is whether it's a throw in or out on the full it's probably another question um, it'd have to be it'd have reckon. to be out it'd, on the full it'd, yeah it'd be out on the full well yeah. it depends on if, if it hit the post then bounced then went out it's a, it's yeah. out of bounds yep. but if yep. it goes directly post and out it's out on the full I agree and if it comes back into play then it's play on it's almost a bit like your Gaelic football and your um, yeah NRL that's what I was that's what I, was I don't mind it I reckon it's a cool idea yeah I don't mind it either it would change the way the forward line structure because you'd almost you'd need to have the, like could you imagine instead of like playing the ball on the line guys turning all the way 180 and facing the goals waiting to see if it hits the post and like trying to get under the ball yeah I think it'd be I think it'd be cool I think it'd be different I don't know that we'd ever see it I think it's what makes AFL a little bit special in a weird way but well it's the argument that if you're good enough kick you gotta get it between the goals it'd take away from any like reviews any reviews of was True. that a goal was that a behind oh whatever. it was shocking um, what was it it was the Sydney Collingwood game where the same goal umpire and um, Brian Taylor chewed him out on live TV um, for going to the score review like six times this same goal umpire on all of them being very obvious like whatever the decision was it was incredibly clear and he's gone to review six times all six of them have been what he's originally called as well so everyone's just like you yeah. just gotta back yourself mate like 100% what are your thoughts on the score reviews in general oh, I don't mind them I don't particularly have an issue um, I think it's on the review I think they've just gotta quickly go bang done 
I think a quick review is a good review often, most of yeah. the time. Um, I think internally, you probably say to that goal umpire, mate, just make a decision. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, we make on, mistakes. So if mic. you make a couple of mistakes across the year, it's fine, but let's just make a decision. Yeah. So Because it's just slowing up the game. There were a few times where um, the Swans were looking to play on and or looking to continue play and like take the kick out quickly and go and then they had to sit all down Collingwood got to set their um set their defense sort of thing and yeah it does change the game it does affect the game when those score reviews happen well the next rule is a flashback to uh some preseason games in the afl the old wizard preseason yeah cup. the old wizard cup the old uh AFL PlayStation games where you could implement the nine-pointer. So if you kick a goal outside 50 on the run or you mark outside 50 and kick outside 50, it's nine points. Yeah, and um, the... I, I think we saw... We tried to do it in the AFL 23. They don't even have it in the AFL 23. In the game. In the game? I don't think they did. did yeah, they? I, I can't say I've had a look. Look, that game's pretty broken as it is. Oh, so my goodness. Doubt we could do a full 50-minute podcast on just that game and all the issues with it. Um, I love the nine-point goal. I think it's a great idea. It'll give more reason to have a crack from outside the yard. Yeah, more to the, more key forwards too. Was all, it probably would have been good five years ago. Look, we've already seen crazy it's probably a bit of an out of the box um thing here but it's not it's something they've tried before so it's not like it's completely out of the realm of possibilities i think that one's probably the most realistic out of all of them maybe the four point line as well because they have actually tried it in the celebrity game like you mentioned um all right i'm gonna go to a different sport now it's a sport that we don't often talk about it's major league baseball this is an out there idea i'll i'll say this this is this is insane Every single stadium has a double score zone in the home run section. So, think about Green Monster, Fenway. If you hit it over the Green Monster to score your home run, and to be fair, don't know how they judge this. (laughs) This is is insane. Uh, If you hit it over the Green Monster to score your home run, whatever you've scored is double. So, if you've got bases loaded instead of four, that's eight. If you, it's what? It, so it, it's a double you change score. Change this idea. No, from no, 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 no. This, no, this is the <laughs> idea. Added to it. This is the idea wow. that I always had. It's double score. So if you've got bases loaded and you hit it over the green monster, eight points. If you hit it like in San Francisco, if you hit it into the bay, eight. Well, it's it's double whatever you've got. So if you've got two guys on base, it'd normally be three runs, six runs. If you hit it right. into, um, yeah, all the oh, there's lots of famous areas in all the thing. If you hit it into the um, the California the, the, in at Angel Park, if you hit yep. it, if you hit that into that structure there, eight points. Because when I come to you with this idea, it was ho- I was thinking it from the perspective that if you hit the home run, then it would be two points for the batter so if you hit the home run into the um harbor at san fran you get the two points and say there's three there's um three people on base it'd be five runs no double you're and you've come back with the double Double. oh i like it i've come i've I've come with an idea and you've just said all right here's some more mayo here's some more spice (laughs) think about it think about it you're you're bottom of the ninth inning two outs you're down seven runs Usually, you're absolutely cooked. You are not winning that baseball game. Could you imagine a team being seven runs down and hitting the thing out of the park into the bay to score eight runs to walk off win? 
I mean, I couldn't imagine it personally, <laughs> but it'd be pretty cool to pretty cool to see. That'd be unreal, unreal. Tell me you wouldn't want to see it. Uh, my next one, I've got another completely out there idea. It's along the same vein. Outside eighteen yards in soccer, double double points. Yeah. Okay. So just it'd be just be two points. It just. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get the score of multipliers involved. Yeah. And, uh, if you get a top corner outside 18, that's three points. Um, you might as well put like the, um, you see in the games where you put the, uh, like the bullseye yeah. <laughs> in, the cor- in the top corners. Why not? <laughs> let's, let's just basketball the this. The goalkeeper's like, I'm going to let this go through and I'm just going to protect this two point, <laughs> this two point. If you kick it from outside halfway and you pat your head and rub your belly while the ball's in the air and it goes top corner and you sing uh, your team's national anthem while you're doing all that, 10 points. All right, that may probably end up our sports (laughs) rule changes. There's a couple of cool ones there, some more realistic than others, but there's a cool... uh, few ideas nonetheless we're looking at sports management changes now so we're we're, we're still the commish yep. um, but we're looking to change some things surrounding the game not so much the rules in so itself more the, more the off the field stuff yeah. the trades the signings all that sort of stuff yeah well I'll yep. give you one that's a little bit of both and it's starting off with the NBA and it's an, the all-star game actually counts we're back to the east versus west similar to what you see in other sports where it's that home court advantage I love it I love it I, I love it, it needs, I, love I think it. it needs to come to the NBA I, I think the all-star game is broken by all accords everyone says it is they've tried charity they've tried the Kobe Bryant trophy tried everything they can but at the end of the day you want to win for your conference and you want to win for your organization if you are a chance of having home court advantage in the NBA Finals. Question. You know how they're trying to implement a mid-season tournament? What's going to be the prize for that? I don't like that idea, personally. I'm still not sold on that. I'd have to see it. Yeah. Because they're, they're talking about, like, a European Cup and uh, domestic. That's a terrible idea. Uh, like Oh, like an FA Cup-style thing where it matters not as much as winning the Ultimate Championship, but it still matters. What I think... If you didn't want to make the East versus West game count, maybe if you win that in-season tournament, you get home field advantage yeah. or for your... For the entire playoffs. For the entire playoffs. So even if you're the seventh seed, you get home field. And then if you don't make the home playoffs, court. it's for an extra 5% of lottery odds. I don't know. You could do it anyway. Yeah. That's the hardest you've thing. you've got to incentivize how they, that. How are they going to incentivize it? That's I the hardest know. issue that I have with the one at the moment. It's got to be something to do with the lottery, I reckon. You just I don't. But know. it's hard to it's hard to know because then the teams who are lottery at that point. What if it's a lot? What if it's a lottery tournament instead of in, yeah, instead it's been of talked about instead of making an in season tournament, make it every team before the playoffs gets like a two week break, and it's a single game elimination knockout tournament for the lottery pick. I mean, it makes sense, but then the team that's bad and is genuinely bad never gets the number one overall pick that's they the get issue. a first round buy it's still because you got four, you got four te- hard, you got 14 teams so you've got uh, what two teams that all get a first round buy so the worst two teams get a buy well, I, don't think it, I don't think it fixes tanking like I think the lottery is there to fix tanking so I, I don't know that we need to really touch the lottery odds but I like the idea they, they tinker and change with the odds every year so look I'll give you a really spun one here. Okay. What if, like, they could just... Teams, you know, there's 82 games in a season. I've just read this. The NBA clearly doesn't want to um, 
clearly doesn't want to get rid of games because of TV rights. What if a team's up by 30 points in the third quarter and they just say, look, we're going to play our simulation card. We're just going to call it quits. All the fans want to go home. Let's just go home and not worry about it. What if, like, you're playing... It's the 76th game of the season. It doesn't matter. And you want to lose a game. And you're that bottom team. And you're like, all right, we're going to use our, uh, you know, reverse the simulation card, more or less. And we're going to use it against the Lakers so we get a guaranteed loss. I mean, that's just tanking in itself. But, um, yeah, look, there's a really spun idea. Let's just simulate some games. Basically, that's just a call out that the NBA needs to reduce 82 because I think it's too many. Okay. Um <laughs> I'm not going to poke holes in this. You don't need to because it's a, it's not even a ballpark idea. It's a, it's pretty much an idea I, I to just make wanna, you laugh. I just mate. want, I just want you to flesh out what, what happens with the fans who've, like, uh, old old Johnny has paid for him and his family to go on their one trip to LA from from Australia, uh, to go see a game, Lakers versus whoever, and um, one team pulls out the old. Uh, the old simulation card. Out comes the uh, Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> or the uh, G League team. <laughs> Three point contest. Yes. <laughs> oh man, it's it's a. I love it. it I love it. A, it was. I've, a, I've changed. I've changed my whole mind. Oh, it was just a filler idea. I've got. I've got another crazy one a bit later as well. But um, what's a more realistic one here? Or maybe oh. it isn't a realistic one from you. No, this this one is absolutely not realistic. This one's arguably worse than the simulation. All right, let's go. All right, so it's a, it's an NFL based one. Fourteen teams make the playoffs. You rank them one to fourteen based on their records. In starting with the top team, because a lot of the problem we get is some of the best players in this league don't play in the playoffs because their team sucks. So. Top team, your benefit for coming first, your benefit of having the best record in the NFL, you get the first overall pick in the playoff draft. So, you get to pick any player. So, in this year, they're going Aaron Donald, for instance. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. So, it's a one-year... It's it's not even a one-year thing. It's a, it's a mercenary for hire thing. It's a... You get to draft any player in the league. Any player is eligible. Any player that's healthy, of course. Um... Any player is eligible. You get to draft them. They stay on your roster until you're eliminated. <laughs> so one one <laughs> lucky player around the league is going to be drafted to a Super Bowl winning team. Logistic nightmare. Could you imagine the teams are like, oh, we're going to loan. We don't even have a choice. This player's just got to go and play. Gets injured, does his ACL, <laughs> playing for an opposite team. This is the team. whole next year. Oh, God. It'd be an absolute shambles. I like the wouldn't idea, it be, though. The thought's it funny. entertaining, though, to see, like, Aaron Donald playing for the Chiefs in the, in the Super Bowl? Not if you're a Rams fan. <laughs> well, but if, but if, if the if the Rams are eliminated, like who cares if what Aaron Donald's doing in his spare time? Like if he's going out and winning another Super Bowl, that that's an, good on him. Another one where uh, the concept makes absolutely no sense, but the idea is unreal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, entertainment value, yes. Just like oh, another one. Um, so. Is this off the top of your head? No, it's one I've it's one I've thought about before, okay. but but kind of. We eliminate the media. There is a media silence, a media ban between the Super Bowl and Game One. 
all of a sudden during the player introductions, that's when you find out that players have been traded or signed to new teams. That is the most ridiculous <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Could you imagine you go to a game and all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is on the Jets? It's like the break the glass, Stone Cold Steve. Exactly, Austin that's, comes that's what I thought of. Uh, it's the possibly the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard. Could you imagine <laughs> just going to a game thinking you're seeing Zach Wilson at quarterback and all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers walks out? Oh, wow. You'd get so hyped. That'd get wrestling's level pops. <laughs> But the whole, whether you're a fan of either team, you're just like, oh my, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers, bad God. It'd be cool for the one game of the year and then the, the other millions of dollars that they make from the media and the, <laughs> how fun is it seeing teams, yeah, it'd just be one day where everyone would be going psycho. Yeah, but it'd make the draft so confusing as well. It's like, oh, why haven't they addressed this clear need at quarterback? They really, really need a quarterback. Oh wait, it's because Aaron Rodgers has already been traded, but no one told anyone. Yeah, well, um, and well, no, and no one reported training, and yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a realistic one because I think we need to steer back on track here. But um, I'm going the AFL. They've been talking about a mid. They've got the mid-season draft now. They've been talking about it for so long. I think it'll happen eventually, maybe five, ten years down the track. It's a mid-season trade period. Love it. Great. And I don't think that we're talking superstars go here. I don't think it's a trade for, you know, Patrick Dangerfield moves on to the Swans because they're a chance of making the finals or vice versa. Um, Buddy's in his last year this year, for instance. The Swans are 15th or 16th come that mid-season. You know, he goes back to Hawthorne. We could see a couple of those, but I think primarily it's for your teams like you think about this year, Collingwood haven't had a Ruckman. Will yeah. they give up? Uh, they give uh Who's the player that's in the twos? They give up a call to the Western Bulldogs and they say, uh, Jordan Sweet, you've been playing in the VFL all season. You've been on the list for five years. You've had a couple of goes and you haven't, you've done some stuff, but look, we need it. We just need a Ruckman. So we'll offer you a very late pick and they get the job done. Or it's, you know, maybe it's they trade for, maybe Carlton are like, look, the Conning's not in our team. We're not going to sign him. We're going to trade him to Collingwood and whatever. Let's get as much as we can now. Yeah, um, when the val- we think like, value's gonna, high. Yeah, or we think he's going to go, or we haven't, and that's why everyone's like, "Oh, do we pay? Do we pay heaps for this guy when we think we can get him in free agency?" I think it adds a cool dynamic. I think we'll see it eventually. It, it, it could help bad teams get better too, because it raises the price of the assets they do have. If if you're looking, if you're a team and you want to asset strip and you want to tear down the tear it down to the studs and rebuild. You'd get more value mid-season than you would end of season because if you if a team's like if the team like the Swans honestly at the moment is just absolutely battered with injuries and well, they're, still they're after that, a defender they're after a defender they're still a quality team that could contend if they get healthy and get themselves right the Swans would be paying a pretty penny for just about anybody to help them right now. Well, let's say uh, Jeremy Mc, Jeremy McGovern playing for West Coast obviously they're. They're not going to make the finals. They're still a while off. Um, he's probably not going to see the next premiership. So the Swans say, we're going to trade for him. Like, that's the perfect example. And I think it makes sense. As I sort of said, I don't think it makes sense for probably that sort of player movement. But I think it makes sense for, you know, those guys that are sort of at the end of a list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any more AFL ideas from you all? I think it's pretty obvious. We need to see State of Origin come back. I think we've chatted about that. Absolutely. At length. Um, another... Outside the box one. These are my favourite. You win by 100, you get six points. So as we know... Win by 100. Yeah. So as we know, 
you get four points for a win in the AFL, nothing for a loss. So there's like Two points value for in absolutely murdering a team and embarrassing them. Well, yeah, like you think about a game and, you know, your team's up by 80 points and everyone's gone to sleep. Well, you're, if your team is up by 80 points, you're like, come on, boys, we need to get to 100. We need the extra points. And the bottom team's like, well, I don't think it gives them any incentive to be better. But I certainly think well, it kind of does. You yeah, don't, like you, you don't, don't want to lose by hundred. You don't want to give up those. If points. a team behind you is absolutely killing you, yeah, like, you don't. You don't want to give up those two points. Well, even still, it's like a. It's a bit of a. It becomes a little bit of a pride thing. Oh, we don't want yeah. this team to get six points on us. Yeah, we don't want this team to roll us by hundred. We don't see hundred point losses in the AFL very often, but I just think this shows that teams put the foot on the throat for the entire four quarters. I don't know. It's a really outside the box idea. It's probably one of the my better ones <laughs> but um it's uh we i don't think we'll ever see it but there's a there's a weird idea for you one last one that i've got for you and it's a soccer one and it's one that was critically panned when it was first uh proposed and i don't know why because i've been saying this for the longest time it would be the best thing uh for the international product super league yeah Real Madrid playing Bayern Munich twice a year. Guaranteed. Real Madrid playing Liverpool, playing Man City, playing Chelsea, Man United, playing them all twice a year. They're all in their own league. They're all separated. Uh, I I don't like it personally. What's, what's the think, downside? I just think that we're in a position now where we have the Champions League, you have your Europa Leagues, you have your FA Cups, you have your um, competitions, you have your World Cups every four years. It brings novelty to see matchups that we haven't seen in ages or at all. We haven't seen a Messi versus Mbappe. We haven't seen a Ronaldo versus Mbappe because they just don't. They're not in the same league. Or maybe we've seen it at a Champions League, but we've seen it briefly, and that's what makes the. I think that's what makes the World Cup a little bit special as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I think I like to see. I like to see teams push towards the top. Like for instance, now the the big one in the EPL would be can Newcastle become one of the the top echelon teams for the next five years. Yeah, they've got the money, they've got the resources now. It's like can they stick up the top? And I think that um, you have a Super League teams like that just sort of fall by the wayside, and maybe they lead, maybe they lead the EPL yeah. forever and ever, but they really don't really see much progression. Why would anyone want to buy? A team that's not the exactly, exactly. Like those, those big investors. It's almost yeah. like a monopoly. So it, yeah, okay. It, so I, I think it's, I, a, I, I think it's that. a good idea, and it's a good enough idea because it was raised. It was a idea that was uh, talked about amongst and still a being lot of talked people. about as exactly. well. Exactly. So I think it's a bit of a sellout thing from the perspective that um, that it'll make a crap load of money. Oh, absolutely. Will. And I think it'd be great to see, but I think for the fandom and for the. Um, I think I just what like if, the system that's set up. What if it was once every four years? Once every four years, they take the top, the teams that normally play in the Champions League or like a selection of those and they don't play in their own league that year and they just play in the Super League. It almost seems like a preseason tournament that you have every year. You know, the tournament that's in America and... Uh, Liverpool play or in a conference with Bayern Munich and then whatever, whatever. It seems yeah. like that every year, but it actually matters. Look, maybe they just Wouldn't put a twist on the preseason yeah. games, but they just matter a bit more. Maybe that's whether it contributes to Champions League or something like that. I suppose that's probably what you're getting at, that they matter a bit more. And that's, yeah. that we've already got that sort of system now where they play those interna- uh, 
play those uh, cross-league friendlies as a bit of a tune-up for the start of the season, but maybe they matter a bit, H. Maybe that's the sticking point. Maybe that's how we get get them over the line. Yeah. Those games. Yeah, potentially. Alrighty, well, we're going to move now on now to our uh, best commentator draft we're doing next. Uh, now, this one... Uh, it's going to be an interesting one. There's lots of good commentators that have graced our screens and graced our ears. Um, so we're going to start off. I'm kicking off the draft and I'm kicking off with an absolute uh, gem of a commentator. One that uh, might surprise you, but if you hear some of his calls, he's just unreal. I'm going with the great Kevin Harlan. Still in the secondary. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, Kevin. they got him. Here comes They're coming the blue from the left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Oh, that was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. I tell you what, that was a great call on your part. <laughs> that was a great call. All right, I'm ready for the last 11.31 now, Kevin. Let's go. Look at the police. They've surrounded this man like he is... <laughs> like he... Like he's just robbed a bank. I tell you what, he got a whole lap in. He did, Before yes. they got him. I mean, that was, that was pretty good. I expected him to go down much sooner. Yeah. But uh, I hope it was worth it, my friend, because you've got a night in the clink coming up. <laughs> he's just unreal, isn't he? He's just a crack up. Yeah, he's great. He's um, he's done the mount. He's done March Madness. He's done the NFL. He's done the NBA. He's done NCAA football as well. What 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 can't this man do? He's a bit of a chameleon uh, in that way, and um, and yeah, he's he like I said, he's just done everything, and he always brings that mirth. He always brings that um humor comedy he's not afraid to go against type and go against what the norms are and like um there was the famous i'm calling both games when he he was calling it he was he was at chief stadium with the soon to be number one seeded chiefs and he was calling the patriots game because they were they were losing that number one seed um after a dolphins touchdown and just uh the the color guy goes oh uh, what game are you calling kevin allen goes i'm calling both games um just unreal commentator yeah he is he's uh his versatility probably makes him the number one guy here h absolutely all right with the second pick i'm gonna select mike breen shot clock at seven westbrook on the drive falling away won't go. Rebound taken by Iguodala. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! With six tenths of a second remaining. Now that moment in itself probably gets him across the line for me. My favorite NBA call. Um, one of my favorite for NBA obvious games. obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. Um, Breen's also known for doing a lot of other NBA games, but that was his particular... Um, that's his quote. It's the bang, yeah. or it's the tie game, 
I don't know. He's just got a very distinct voice, um, and that's why he's worked so well. We saw him as a play-by-play announcer for the Giants' preseason games, and the fact that he didn't get enough regular season games, we saw a few on uh, on Fox and on NBC. But his main work has been in the NBA, and I think he's a great um, he's a great guy. He's a great option, and he's one of my favorites, if not one of the favorites of all time. Absolutely. All right, with pick three. I'm going to go with Australia's own Dennis Cometti. Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Oh, my word. This is a virtuoso performance. He will leave tonight and get on the team bus with a violin case. Over the top to Lady Aden. He's got speed. I'm going to say it, Bruce. That was centimetre perfect. What a kick. Beautiful kick. An icon of the sport. You, you hear his voice in all the big moments. Yeah, I, I think the big thing for me... He's gone, but he's not forgotten. 51 years, his smooth voice, dry humour, quick wit. He had so many of those little quotes that just got him across the line. And we remember him from those games, don't we, oh, H? There's so many good uh, moments from those games. I always had a joke with um, my mates couldn't believe that he yelled out on a game, he's running like a Kenyan. Um, <laughs> just stuff like that, where just all the um colloquialisms all the quotes all the stuff he was just unique and special and i think that's what the best commentators are they're unique they're they've got a personality and you like that personality i don't like bland commentary yeah he's just like i'll give you a couple quotes barlow to bateman the hawks are attacking alphabetically (laughs) and uh what else (laughs) lingy's running off the ground a little bit gingerly He's just like, <laughs> he's just hit, he just hits every time. I'm sure oh. he had a few shockers down the line, but he just hits so often. Um, he just was quirky. And this was before we saw ex-AFL players become commentators. He was a commentator because he was good at his job. Yep, absolutely. With the next pick, I'm going to pick an absolute stalwart of American sports and American commentary. It's got to be Al Michaels. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Um, absolutely outstanding broadcaster, for um, mostly for NBC. Um, he worked with them for nearly three decades. Um, uh, he worked, sorry, he worked with ABC Sports for about three decades, then uh, went to NBC. He was Sunday Night Football forever. He did Monday Night Football for uh, for 20 years. He is just iconic. He called the famous, one of his most famous calls uh, was the Miracle on Ice game uh, that we heard just then, um, as well as there was the Earthquake Interrupted Game 3. Um, of the 89 World Series as well was one of his famous calls. Um, yeah, outstanding commentator. Um, when I think football, I do think Al Michaels. Yeah, I do as well. Um, Chris Collins, Al Michaels. I, I that's all. That's all I think about those two guys. Um, just, just tearing it up, and I think he's a great option. Uh, and it's it's almost like the the Bruce and Dennis connection. Um, you associate both of them together but i feel like al's always been um chris has been great but al's always been that number one guy al's always been yeah he's been fantastic and he's done so much he's done baseball college football um he's done america uh nfl college basketball indy 500 ice hockey horse racing track and field 
um, golf, boxing, uh, figure skating, road cycling, um, and many Olympic games events as well. So he's just absolutely all over everything. What's your next one, mate? My next one. Uh, it's got to be another icon of his sport. It's an icon of um, international football, um, of soccer. It's got to be Martin Tyler. Again, that Rooney goal was enough for the three points. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Now, as much as that moment pains me being um, Man United uh, tinted in the in the Premier League, he just had a way with words. It's a very eloquent way of speaking with that accent. Um, very clear and concise descriptions and gets you hyped for those big games. He's got a way with words. Yeah, he sure does. And uh, the big Aguero. He knows when to bring that excitement to, does, doesn't he? He does. He's... Um He's got a slow build up. When he hits the mm. peak, it's always a memorable moment. I think that's one of my favourite things with good commentary is it's it's not all high. It's that build. It's that you you feel it as a fan. You feel that start to lift and lift and lift until you burst. And um, he was he's absolutely incredible at. All right, H. With the next pick, I'm going to select Richie Benno. Two for 22, New Zealand. It's two for two, two, two. If he's not Australia's best commentator, I'm going to stay right now. He is Australia's best commentator, I think, it's a of shock all that time. He's this far. Um, yeah, unreal. I think a bit outside of our era, which probably kills us. Actually, the funniest thing that I remember would probably be the ripoffs, the 12th Man CD. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God, that was hilarious. But that was sort of the appropriation we saw from uh, Richie of his two for two, 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 and his uh, marvellous effort that, all his, all his quotes. I always um, think of him now as all the people who dress up um, yeah, around, exactly. around the uh, test time, around... Around the cricket, they're all dressed up as Richie Benno and um, and it's a great way to carry on his legacy now. Yeah, and I, I think that shows that he is a bit of an icon. He's an icon. And um, I'm sure if we had an icon of sports commentators, he'd be up there as well, H. Absolutely. Uh, who you got next? Next pick, I am going to select Jim Ross. You're kidding me. <laughs> Good old JR. Good God almighty, I've fumbled the bag here. Good God almighty, Mike. The greatest WWE commentator uh, of he all He should have been my number time. one if I thought of him. That's I, not I me. Know. That's first overall pick for me. I know. He You've just gone, slid. That is the biggest steal we've had in all these drafts. That is the biggest steal and I'm fuming. Well, you could have taken him, but he wasn't on your list. He was just one that... I, d- I don't know how it come across my head. I was just thinking, what would H pick? And then I was like, WWE, Jim oh. Ross. I was like, Jerry the Lawyer. I was like, no, Jim Ross. 
And then I thought it's he would have taken now. him. And then I was like, oh, I'll let him take him early. I think he might overpay a little bit. I think I can maybe get... But when I saw him this deep, I was like, I've just got to take it here. I can't risk it any longer. You've done me there. He's absolutely iconic. He's the voice of a generation. He's still the voice that everyone associates the entire sport with. And I think that's the mark of a true great commentator is when you can't... If you're watching a sport and you just wish that person was commentating instead. And I, I think that... And specifically, WrestleMania 26, the uh, the streak versus career match between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker was commentated by Michael Cole, and that is a crime against nature. It should have been Jim Ross. Yeah. Good you, old Seeing that JR. iconic match without JR was absolutely infuriating, and seeing my list without JR on it is just as infuriating greatest wrestling commentator of all time all right well how are you going to come back from that h i'm going to come back with another icon similar al michaels it's someone who's done just the the run the gambit of american sports it's got to be jim nance uh hello friends and uh he's just he's done everything he the, he's most commonly known for the masters he does um the cbs uh commentary with tony romo at the moment who actually Tony Romo has a good shout. I just don't think he's got the uh, longevity yet, but maybe in five, ten years' time, Romo might be on this list. Well, let's hear Jim Nance's beautiful voice. At a loss. We're, we're at a loss. We're at a loss for sure. The GOAT. Just remember, one thing I learned through all of this is everybody has a dream and everybody has a story to tell. Just try to find that story be kind you told it better than most let me tell you can i tell you one other thing i mean this not to try to play off hello friends but to you everybody in the college game my cbs family my family all the viewers thank you for being my friend yeah like we said absolutely iconic um what is uh, what else is there to say? He's recently retired from uh, done done his last final four um, for the he March has, Madness, yep, and yep. Um, yeah, incredible commentator. I also remember him as well. He made an appearance on uh, an episode of How I Met Your Mother as well. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, there he did. He, he did a full episode like interviewing um, Barney about his escapade sleeping with women, and it was uh, it was quite hilarious and interesting to see. Yeah, uh, a commentator that I actually knew uh, on that show. So. Um, yeah, I'm going Jim Nance there. And with my, my final pick, um, you've still got one after this, but with my final pick, I'm going with a, a man that changed the game, uh, that revolutionized commentary, revolutionized color commentary, and also had a video game named after him. I'm going to go with the legendary John Madden. hard to beat he's very hard to beat uh just the way he revolutionized the game i love the way he was the first person to use like the uh tele uh, the um telestrations with um being able to draw on a live broadcast um and he used it so expertly he was the first one to do like the full x's and o's on the field drawing while the plays got while the um while the game's going on it was so amazing to see and it's something that's completely changed the game he had a way with words he was funny he was witty but the biggest thing he did and he just wanted to bring people into the game and the game wouldn't be where it is today we wouldn't be talking about it today if it wasn't for John Madden 
Yeah, I agree. Absolute icon there and uh, sadly missed now. Um, Absolutely. Love the Madden tribute last year. Absolutely. Um, well, you've got one more. What are you going to pick, Cole? All right. Well, with the 10th pick in the best commentators draft, I'm going to select Bruce McAvaney. So back to Grundy and then off the step to fall forward. Big fly, bird, Gordes, could he roll it through? He can! Cometh the moment, cometh the champion. I love that call. I love that call. Absolute steal at 10. I think he's... He's covered it all of Australia's high-profile events. He's done the AFL Grand Final, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, AFL commentator of all time. But he's done the Melbourne Cup. He's done the Oz Open, Test Cricket. And one that goes underrated a little bit, he's done every Summer Olympic Games from Moscow 1980 to Tokyo 2020. Um, He was known as Mr. Olympics for that. And um, his tenure still goes on. He's more... um, He's got a lot more to do with horse racing now, which has become his thing. And he was awarded um, a medal of the Order of Australia and OAM. And that just shows for his service in sports broadcasting. He's in the Sports Australia Hall of Fame. Um, He's inducted in the TV Week Logie Hall of Fame. What else do you say other than Bruce is that guy? Absolutely, absolutely. We'll make sure uh, we'll read off our our teams first, and then we'll tell you where to vote for these. Um, my team was Kevin Harlan, Al Michaels, Martin Tyler, uh, Jim Nance, and John Madden. What was your team? I had Mike Breen, Dennis Cometti, Richie Benno, Jim Ross, and Bruce McAvaney. Both great teams. Make sure to vote on our socials. The poll will be up on Instagram when you are listening to this at Road Trip Sports Pod on Instagram. Make sure you vote for your favourite team. Let's get it. All right, let's move into the mailbag now as we move closer to the wrap-up of this episode. First question comes from at Ricebreaker, who asks, what would you blow off for a team you support in the championship game? Hmm. Carlton in a grand final. Um. Hmm. Well, let's start at the top. Yeah. Okay. Your wedding. I wouldn't have my wedding on that day. To be <laughs> honest, I just wouldn't do it. All right. Um. I couldn't. I can't say that because I just would never have my wedding on that day. Your sister's wedding. Oh God, that's a hard one. <laughs> we're already we're already hard here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would question again why she's having a wedding on AFL Grand Final day. I don't think that, that would happen yeah. either. Um, let's say let's say it has. Let's say she wasn't thinking of it. Would you blow off your sister's wedding for Garden Grand Final? Oh, I'd think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's probably listening to this, going, "You clown!" You'd be sitting in the reception with your phone out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too hard because I could never see it. Like, yeah, okay. What about birth of a child? So you've got you've got. T- let's say you're in Melbourne. Oh, child, child. I'd, okay. Yeah, okay. Child. I'm trying to think of it. What, what's the what's the highest thing? What's the most important thing that you'd say uh, that you say no to then? Oh, probably a mate's wedding. Good mate's wedding, I reckon. My wedding. Uh, I won't be offended. I understand the the hardships. I'll give you. If I'm your best man, then I wouldn't. Go to the <laughs> AFL Grand Final, but if cool. I'm a groomsman, 
I'm off. I'm going to the grand final. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, yeah, there's no way I'm putting it on an AFL grand final day either. Yeah, Absolutely. Know, so not. it's hard to think about. It's like a funeral, and then I'm like, oh, I'll probably just. Yeah, it's a hard question with the funerals sort of things. I will say now. Now the Swans, I ha- I almost had this situation last year, and I chose. Um, I had a game to play, so I watched it um, in the car um, on the way to the football. Uh, but if it's the Dolphins. I don't know if there's anything I wouldn't say no to. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd like, throw me out some, but I I genuinely think... All right, well, question for you. If I had tickets to the Super Bowl... Yes. Flights, accommodation included... Yep. Tickets to the Dolphins are in the Super Bowl. Birth of child? Yeah. You'd go? Yeah, I'd go. Over your child? The Dolphins are, they? <laughs> <laughs> I might have more than one child, but oh, the Dolphins are oh getting back there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, I will... <laughs> I might get a talking to, but uh, we'll move on now. Please? What about one of your parents' funerals, mate? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can visit the grave later. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, next next question comes from Joe from Newcastle. Uh, Joe from Newcastle who asks, uh, should Buddy Franklin hang up the boots? Yeah, at the end of the season, I reckon. Um, not, I think he's a bit. I think he's a bit done. Should Hawes make the done. call? Well, Swans fans are saying yes. I think they're in I'm a too saying, tough a position at the moment. I'm saying no. They're in too tough a position. They they're just lacking. They've got so many injuries, both sides of the ball. They don't have any tools that they can throw into the forward line. Like they, they're putting them all back. I'd hate to see that. You don't want to like burn a guy. That's what you remember. You remember their last years for better or worse. And it's like when Ben McAdoo benched Eli for Geno yeah. Smith. It's but, like it's what are you doing? But also, who else have you got to come through? Like, that's it's not that's like my the point. Swans have yeah. got heaps of guys knocking on the door. Like they've got no one in the VFL that's really showcasing their. Uh, prowess is a key forward mm. alright last question comes from Peter from Wollong who asks what's a low point in your sports fandom that you've never gotten over mine's easy last year yeah it's probably last <laughs> year for me as well it's probably last year for me as well when uh, Collingwood beat us by a point after we- oh. yeah that last game of the year that was pretty bad that's rough that's um, rough oh Obviously, the Warriors three one, but I understand that that as I talked about when we talked on the pod, that was a lot of circumstance. Like I don't feel like that was obviously that sucks, and I'll never get over it. But it's is it is it worse or better that it's become such a pivotal sports moment in history? Oh, it's definitely worse. Yeah, it's definitely worse. If it happened heaps more often, I wouldn't care as much. Yeah, and for instance, I reckon if the Warriors got one over the Lakers this year, I reckon I don't know why the Warriors just didn't play with more heart because if i'm them i'm like this is a chance to rewrite the three one deficit ship like yeah. i was just if you, you could never do, saw flip them, that three yeah. one like, i never, think you'd lose that narrative i think they played one game with the intensity like they had this series was like the end of their life yeah they played one game like it yeah other than that i just think they looked disinterested and i was like this is the chance you've got to rewrite the storybook yeah. Yes, you lost 3-1. Yes, it was the finals. It's way worse than the semifinals, but you sort of got one back. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that, um, yeah. Up the Lakers. Um, we'll move on now to our locks. Uh, last week's locks results. The Tigers. Um, I had them plus 20.5. Uh, and it was paying $1.51 versus the Rabbitohs. How much did the Rabbitohs win by? I think it was 20, 20 nil. It was 20 nil. Uh, as sad as it is to say, that's a win. <laughs> oh god barely second half was bad the first half was great second half was terrible uh, yeah absolutely um and you had st kilda um plus 16.5 head start paying a dollar 50 against adelaide what was the final score in that one uh, adelaide won by 50 the lids off um mm. they absolutely flogged them it was very surprising i thought that st kilda didn't show up and i think ross Lyon was absolutely livid i think the saints will bounce back but yeah, the lid's off. The Crows are in the eight. Um, it's all happening. So I think that whilst I didn't get the lock score there, some people would be happy with that result, probably myself included. Flag crumb. Uh, moving on now to our picks for this week. I've got Real Madrid to beat Man City and book their ticket to the final. Uh, what have you got? Uh, I'm just going to take the Tigers line again this week. <laughs> That's um, a good call. 9.5. So Against... Who's the, the Cowboys? The Cowboys isn't it? Yep. at okay. Leichhardt too. I think they win at Leichhardt more often than they don't. I don't think they win many true. places at the moment. That's definitely not true. But I feel like they do play better at Leichhardt. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, that's it for the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all um, of our loyal listeners. Make sure to share it around with your friends. Uh, even if you have to download it on someone's phone, steal their phone, download the podcast, whatever it takes. Uh, support. If you do that, let us know and we will do something for you. We'll sort something out. I don't know what yet. We'll make it work. But download it on someone else's phone uh, and we will sort something out for you. Um, other than that, make sure you follow us on all of our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Road Trip Sports Pod. Uh, we're on YouTube. Road Trip Sports Podcast is what you need to search. Any inquiries you've got, if you'd like to get in touch or get on the podcast, make sure to reach out to Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com or you can slide into any of our DMs. Anything else from you all? Uh, thanks to Major Sports Collectibles for sponsoring the podcast. Um, hope all your teams get the job done. Unless they're playing the... Well, the Dolphins when they play the Dolphins, the Packers when yeah. they play the Packers. We hope your the team Blues wins when they play the Blues. Unless they're playing one of ours, and we will see you next time. See ya.